Discourse 13 to 14 of Cases of Conscience Resolved by John Owen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The prophet Daniel tells us, when he understood by books, namely the writings of the prophet Jeremiah, that the time wherein the great contest between Babylon and the church was to have its issue, was come to a point. Then, saith he, I set my face to seek the Lord with prayer and supplications and fasting. And if you will read his prayer, you will find nothing of confidence, nothing of self-ascription, but a deep acknowledgement of sin. We, our kings, our princes, our fathers, our church, have all sinned, so as that to us belongeth shame and confusion of face. And never had such shame and confusion of face befallen the church, as would have befallen them, if they had been disappointed in that trial. But, he adds, unto thee belongs mercy and forgiveness. There he issues the whole business, upon mercy and forgiveness, though he knew by books that the time was come. Truly, brethren, we do not know by any scripture revelation, as he did, that the time is come wherein the long contest and conflict between Babylon and the church will have its issue, but it looks like it in the book of Providence, and so like it that it is a plain duty we should give ourselves unto prayer and supplication, that it do not issue in shame and confusion of face, which belongeth unto us by reason of our sins. It is that contest which is now under consideration, and which seems to be coming to its issue, and all men are in expectation of it. It is the greatest save one that ever was. For the greatest contest that ever was in this world was between the person and the gospel of Christ on the one hand, and the devil and the pagan world on the other. And the next to that is the contest between Christ in his offices and grace, in his gospel and worship, and an antichrist. And it is at this day upon its trial, in as signal an instance as ever it received. The question is, as to us and our posterity, whether Christ or Antichrist, whether the worship of God or of idols, whether the effusion or waiting for the effusion of the Spirit of God in his worship, or for all manner of superstitious impositions. This is the present contest, and it may be under heaven there never was a more signal instance of the issue of this contest than will be in these nations in these days. I do not say presently or speedily, but this you all know is our state. I mention it only to let you know that there is more than an ordinary earnestness and fervency of spirit and wrestling with God required of us at this day, for the case of Zion, the interest of Christ, and defeating of his adversaries. What way God will work, we know not. If he be at work, he hath said, that when a flood was cast out of the mouth of the dragon to swallow up the woman everywhere, and we have had a flood cast out of the mouth of the dragon to swallow up the whole interest of Christ in this nation, the earth lifted up herself and helped the woman and turned aside the flood. Good old Eli's heart trembled for the ark of God. The interest of God and the truths of Christ are yet among us, but hardly beset by the Philistines, and whether they may not take them I know not, God only knows. But assuredly, brethren, our hearts ought now to tremble for the ark of God, that God would continue it among us and not give his glory into the hands of the adversary.
I have mentioned these things only for this end, that if God will, our hearts may be a little warmed upon all occasions in this great contest and conflict between Christ and Antichrist, to come in with our prayers to the help of the Lord and of the ark of the Lord, that we may see a blessed issue of this trial and not be covered with that shame and confusion of face which belongeth unto us. This meeting is for conference, and I would ask you a few questions. First, whether do you think there are extraordinary calls and warnings of God towards this nation at this time? Secondly, if there be, what is the voice of these calls? Thirdly, whether any sort of men, believers or churches, are exempted from attending unto and complying with these calls of God. For there lies a reserve in our hearts. The nation is very wicked. I shall not repeat the sins of the nation. The warning is general to the nation, the body of the people, and God testifies his displeasure against them. Now the inquiry is whether there be any rule that we who profess ourselves believers and a church should count ourselves exempted from a particular compliance with these extraordinary calls of God, that they are for others and not for us. If the scourge slay suddenly, he will laugh at the trial of the innocent. Job 9 verse 23 And the good figs went first into captivity. Fourthly, what have we done hitherto in order to it that may evidence itself to be an answer to a compliance with the calls of God which we have owned here before the Lord? We have been speaking of it, and it becomes me to judge that we have had good and sincere desires after it, and neither the church nor any one in the church shall have any reflections from me beyond evidence. It becomes me to judge that we have had in ourselves good intentions and sincere endeavours after it though they have been, it may be, no way suitable or proportionable to the present occasion. And therefore I must say that in an eminent and extraordinary manner, as yet, we have done nothing, we have not consulted of it yet, what we should do, and what it is in particular that the Lord our God requireth of us, nor declared our designs and intentions for a universal compliance with these great calls of God, for repentance and turning unto the Lord." I mourn over myself day and night. I mourn over you continually. I do not see that life and vigour in returning unto God, either in our persons or in our church relation, as I could desire. And give me leave to say from an experience in my own heart, I am jealous over you. We may proceed to consider something of outward duties afterward, but as yet we are not at all come to it, but only to inquire into our hearts, what we have done in compliance with these calls of God in the reformation and change of our hearts, and vigour of spirit in walking with him. I speak it with all tenderness, that none might take offence, but I do acknowledge to you that I have not myself attained, nor can I, though I am labouring to bring my heart to that frame, which God requireth in us all at this time. I find many obstructions. If you have attained, I shall rejoice in it with all my heart and soul, but if not, help them that are labouring after it. I intend no more at present but this, to settle upon our souls a conviction that we have not as yet answered the calls of God in the heart, for if we have all apprehensions we have complied, the work is at an end. 
I hope we may in due time go on to consider all the ways and instances whereby we may reform and return unto God, but in the meantime I offer this to you, that unless the foundation of it be laid in a deep and broken sense of our past miscarriages and present frames, and I can see in the church some actings of a renewed spirit with vigour and earnestness to pursue our recovery and return to God, I shall much despond in this thing. But let us be persuaded that we are to lay this foundation. I desire we may agree upon this, that it is our duty to get a deep sense upon our hearts, as the first thing God aims at in his calls, of our past miscarriages, and of our present dead, wretched frame, in comparison of that vigour, liveliness, and activity of grace that ought to be found in us. Ought we not to lay the foundation here? If so, then we ought to apply ourselves unto it. It may be though it be so with some, that they have such a lively, vigorous acting of faith in a deep and humble sense of their past miscarriages, yet it is not so with others. And we are looking for the edification of the whole. And therefore, brethren, do we judge it our present duty to labour to affect our hearts deeply with a sense of our present unanswerable frame unto the mind of God and Christ, and of our past miscarriages. If it be so... Let us every day pray that God would keep this thing in the imagination of the thoughts of our hearts, not only of ourselves, but of one another. Observe the phrase of the Holy Ghost when you come to the thoughts of the heart. You think you can go no farther, but saith David, I pray, O Lord, preserve this in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people. That is, in the first internal framing of our thoughts. There must be a frame acting and coining thoughts, if I may so say, continually in us to this purpose. But I recommend this to you, that if this be a truth, and we are convinced it is our duty to labour to affect our hearts with a sense of the unanswerableness of our souls and the frame of our minds into the will of God and the holiness of Christ, who is coming to visit his churches, what manner of persons ought we to be? Not such as we have been. We should labour for a deep sense of this, and I hope it may not be unsuitable unto you. For if any of us have any corruption, temptation, or disorder in our spirits and ways to conflict with all, in vain, believe me, shall we contend against this, unless we lay this foundation. I know one great means for the beginning and carrying on of this work is by earnest crying unto God by prayers and supplications and humiliations. I am loath to issue it there, I have seen so many days of humiliation without reformation, that I dare not issue it here. We shall make use of them as God shall help us. I desire the church would do so, if they find in themselves a sense of duty and a heart crying to God in sincerity and truth. I have now been very long, though very unprofitable, in the ministration of the word, and I have observed the beginning of churches, and wish I do not see the end of them in this their confidence of mere profession." and the observation of these duties of humiliation. God knows I have thought often of this thing, and, I say, I dare not issue it here. Let us have as many as we have hearts for, and no more, and as many as shall end with reformation, but no more. But let us all begin among ourselves, and who knows but that God may give wisdom to this church. I am ready to faint, and give over, and to beg of the church, they would think of some other person to conduct them in my room without these disadvantages. The last day will discover I have nothing but a heart to lead you in the ways of God to the enjoyment of God.
End of Discourse 13 to 14. End of Cases of Conscience Resolved by John Owen.